The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two today, lawyer, professor, activist Pamela Palmiter is present. Tim Hudak, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now with the Ontario Real Estate Association, News Talk 1010's Adjua and Sia Yabois. Let's actually start. We'll get to uh, terror and uh, or alleged terror and things that unfolded in the Commons yesterday. But um, Mayor Olivia Chow was with us this morning and didn't scoff necessarily, but seemed dramatically unimpressed with the federal government's offer of $5 million for the shelter of refugees. Adjua and Sia Yabois, it's, um, you know, as uh, the budget chief was saying on round one, I mean, we're up to some $700 million we've been spending on homelessness, and half of the people in the system at the moment are refugees. They're not our responsibility. We have to be compassionate, but we shouldn't have to pay for it. Uh, not at all. And it, it's it's actually out of control. I don't understand why the federal government is not ponying up and paying for the refugees. People are coming to this country escaping the worst things you can think of. And to think that you're coming here thinking you're coming for a place of care and shelter. Instead, you're coming, you end up sleeping in a tent and dying. So I, I just think it's it's very backwards and the federal government needs to stop playing politics, pay the money that needs to be paid, and stop leaving refugees on the streets to die. Yeah, Pamela Palmiter, maybe it's because I spend so much time in the city's core and I drive past the processing center every single morning after the show. But the one thing I do not see from the federal government is any degree of urgency. No, I don't either. And it really shouldn't be a competition for who who gets basic human rights to housing and shelter and food, water, things like that. Um, We have a huge homelessness problem across the country, especially in major city centers, just like Toronto. And that's before you add the refugee equation. So any country that welcomes refugees or immigrants or people from any other countries needs to make sure that they have all of the infrastructure there. For example, all of the international students that are being accepted into Canadian universities and paying exorbitant tuition fees uh, coming here and realizing they don't have a place to stay. So we don't want to be quadrupling the problem of homelessness we already have and are not dealing with. And I think the federal government needs to treat it like the emergency it is. And Tim Hudak, you'll get last word on this file. I mean, really, the expression on Olivia Chow's face in studio this morning was, is that the best you can do vis-a-vis Ottawa's offer? Yeah, I'd agree with the mayor. And and look, John, we they should be entirely separate programs. There should be ownership of the issue all of the way through for the federal government when it comes to refugees. They should be not mixed in the homeless shelters. It's an entirely different prescription of what they need, a homeless on the mental health side, addiction treatment, you know, getting a job on the refugee side. It could be language issues. It's climatizing. It's getting your case hearing. So I really don't like the issue of mixing in the first place. So I think the federal government should actually have a stream – you know, rent a place wherever it makes possible, and they should own it from from stem to stern. And then they'll be focused on actually solving the problem instead of dumping it off on somebody else. Okay, let's talk about yesterday's incident. And now that we know it's not a simple car accident, but it was apparently a car accident. Two people, a married couple, are dead. The FBI and police know who they are. But was it a blunder for Pierre Polyev to say the T word when he stood up in Parliament? Mr. Speaker, we've just heard media reports of a terrorist attack, an explosion at the Niagara crossing of the Canada-U.S. border. Uh, Two people, at least two people are dead. One is injured. 
It is the principal responsibility of government to protect the people. Can the Prime Minister give us an update on what he knows and what action plan he will immediately implement to bring home security for our people? Uh, Pamela Palmater, that kind of plays on a favorite conservative gong, which is to suggest that liberals are lax on public security. And maybe instead of saying media reports, he should have called Canadian intelligence and said, what do you know for sure? Yeah, exactly. It is so irresponsible for anyone in a position of leadership in the in the public to make accusations like that, that he has not confirmed from reliable Canadian sources. Fox News is not a reliable source, for example. And the fact that he consist Polyev consistently will use anything to try to take a jab at Trudeau. And this is irresponsible. We have enough going on in the world that's causing enough fear and concern in Canadians. We don't need to be making up a terrorist attack. Tim Hudak, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Look, I think that uh, he could have said potential a terrorist attack, but I was getting play-by-play -play <laughs> yesterday afternoon, right, from from friends and, and colleagues down in Niagara about exactly what happened. All the bridges being shut down. Certainly, folks had uh, either assumed or early news reports did say terrorist attack, and it sounds like that was happening, you know, live um, in action uh, during question period or in debate uh, in in the House. So, uh, I, I really think the opposition leader does have a job to hold the government to account. Should he put a couple other qualifiers in there? Yeah, probably. Was this a big deal, John? No, I don't think so at all. You must have reflected <laughs> on it a little differently, having been a border guard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was chilled, right? Like this, have, having been there um, uh, at the border, uh, knowing the sort of vulnerability when, you know, you're you're out there alone on the line. Yep, there's blocks or security. It's much better uh, than it used to be when, when I was there post 9-11 uh, and, and a rise in terrorist attacks. But you are very vulnerable uh, out there uh, in your booth um, on uh, on your own. And it, it is a it's a vulnerability, right? It, it is interesting, John, that you actually need to cross over, right? You, you're actually, if you did have a bomb in your car, and this didn't happen here, obviously, but you can actually get up on the bridge. We don't check people until they're already on the bridge or across the customs. So it does have that kind of vulnerability. So it does make me scared. Um, Andrew N.C. Yabois was the leader of the opposition speaking out of turn. It, yes, he was. He should he should have qualified it. He does know better. He's in a position of power and we are already in a heightened time. And to add fuel to the fire and basing it on a station who does not verify uh, their media reports, <laughs> again, Fox News. So if you're going to do that, you're just he knows better. And already in that situation, we already know they they treat everything that's at any sort of border crossing has a terrorist attack and they act from there and then they give you information as they know it because they did not know so you're acting under extreme precaution and as i'm watching it obviously you're scared you don't know what it is but as things unfolded we figured out was it what it was he just didn't need to add fuel to the fire and he knew better a senator in ottawa is upset because the former leader of the conservative party andrew Scheer, in protesting some actions she had taken in the senate which are way too artisanal to get into created a wanted poster like something from the wild west and it had her picture at her office phone number and her email address as somebody pointed out on round one all of that information is publicly available but it generated a spate of angry calls and emails and yelling and screaming and one death threat. So, Tim Hudak, you've been in office, but I actually think things have gotten worse since you retired from politics. 
Yeah, maybe, but this has been a tactic that um, that I think I would have seen uh, in uh, in my day. So it's gotten worse in some ways. Um, protests at individuals' houses, giving out personal addresses, personal information. But that is all public. I, I actually call fair game uh, on this tactic. I may have used an opposition. I may have been on the receiving end. I remember being portrayed as the as the joker that was blowing up, you know, hospitals uh, when I was leader of the Ontario uh, PC party. And this this pales in comparison. I, I really do think that uh, politicians, some, are quick to run to the media. They are being thin-skinned. It was an important debate when it comes to taking the carbon tax off of fuels. It was legitimate. And it looks like the um, independent senator shut down debate early. I think it was a fair legitimate tactic. Adwa, what do you say? She says she was afraid to go to her home because she figured somebody would know where it was. Yeah, I, if I was sorry, I'd be afraid too. We just live in different times. We live in the era of social media where people can get things at their fingertips and things that they did not care about. Now it's put on them and you can see it on every media outlet, whether it's Twitter, uh, whether it's Instagram, whatever the social media site is. But because of the the way you can just easily find people and get things quicker than you could 10, 15 years ago, it is scarier. Yes, this happens in politics, but you have to realize there are consequences to your actions. So by doing this, if something did happen to this woman, I understand that this MP, like your office and your phone number is already public knowledge, but leaving that at the fingertips to people that would normally not care, you're just creating a situation where crazy people that exist on the internet are going to do things in person that could harm people. So uh, this is not a good thing. Okay. Your thoughts, Pamela, because when I look at this, the real dynamic I think has, that has changed is how people have no shame and no inhibition about going after people now. So it's not even really about Andrew Shear. It's about pe- how people react to that. So maybe if you're going to do something like Shear did, you got to be conscious of that. And he would know that. Um, This isn't about being thin-skinned. We know from all of the research data, the disproportionate attacks on women in politics, racialized women in politics, and how any threats made from white men in politics to people on that side of the, uh, you know, that side of the, you know, political realm, Um, can have significant consequences. I've been on the receiving end of conservative people saying in the media, Pam is a traitor, she's a nut bar, she's some kind of militant, and oh, here's a Google map to her neighborhood. I mean, these are very dangerous things to do. Something might be public, but you don't need to dox someone and say, hey, everybody, wanted poster, the presumption is enemy, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and here's where you can, you know, go, go get this person because there are consequences. It's not about being thin-skinned. When you've got parliamentary security investigating, that's not being thin-skinned. That's serious, and we never want there to be a negative outcome from this irresponsible political crap, which doesn't show any political acumen, nor does it serve the issue. Uh, Tim Hudak, are you disappointed to find out that Hall is uh, suing Oates? <laughs> yeah, and you know why? I, I thought it was the other way around. Look, uh, you know, the famous duos that have broken up, right? Like, Cher way better than Sonny. Simon way better than Garfunkel. 
uh, you know, George Michael and, and Andrew Ridge, no, no comparison whatsoever. Jack and Meg White, right? Like all of those. I thought that that Hall was the alpha in that group. I thought he was the share. I thought he was the Simon. Yeah. So to hear him suing, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, he actually got a restraining order. Adjua, yeah. uh, I, you know, I won't say they were ever my heroes, but the more you find out <laughs> about heroes, the less you appreciate them. Well, this, it just, I have so many questions. The restraining order is the biggest <laughs> question of the whole thing. And I, I love this band. I actually really do. So I, I was actually shocked by this. I knew that they weren't the best of friends, but musically, they were really good friends when you think of it in that regard. So to find out that it's ending this way and it's a lot of gray areas and a lot of questions, it's just it's just a sad day. It's not making my dreams come true. I'll just say that. Thank you all very much. Pamela Palmiter, Tim Hudak, and Adjua Insia Yabois. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.